0: Welcome back, boys and girls, to another edition of the Michigan Realist, a podcast from a fan, for fans of the University of Michigan, with a little bit of a realistic spin, hopefully. I try to keep it. Uh, you're listening to Episode 9. My name is Tim Zeltwanger. You can find this podcast on Anchor, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Uh in this show we'll take a look back real quick at the Wisconsin game. We'll look ahead at the Michigan State game, and I'll give my take of the show as well as my uh looking around the Big Ten action coming up this weekend. Let's get right to it. Uh Wisconsin. Uh this was the first part it was part one of our triple threat portion of the season, and it was a good showing there. It was a good start to this triple threat. Really enjoyed that. My five takeaways from this particular game. Uh, first one was that that challenge was met. Um, the team played well. The fans played well. Overall, it was just a great game, at, you know, on a big stage, uh, and good to feel like we're we're getting closer to being a top-notch team. Um, you know, you've got that ABC slot, that primetime game, and to be at home and the fans doing what they can do and the players doing what they did. I just thought it was great, you know, and it was good for Michigan, uh, to, to see Michigan in that situation was phenomenal. Um, and you, going into the game, it was going to be a challenge. You know, Wisconsin's a great team, though I, there were many coaching things I kind of was left scratching my head on. More on that in a second. Um, but overall, great game. Uh, challenge met, enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed it, really happy with it. It's on to the next one. Uh, number two, let's not overdo it here, okay, with this win. You know, was it great? Absolutely it was great. Uh, however, it was only the first part of this triple threat portion to the season. So, we need to go on to part two. Part one is over. It's dead and gone. Move on. Luckily, it's Sparty that we're facing. And we've got a little bit of a bone to pick with Sparty, and we've got, uh, We've got some motivation to definitely get it done. Um, so, very happy with that. And, you know, it, it's a great win, but we cannot sit here and just, you know, um, just only talk about this win over Wisconsin. It's time to go on to the next one. Uh, we are where it's past. Let's move on. Let's focus on Sparty and let's get the job done in East Lansing and then move on from that to Penn State. Uh, Third takeaway, uh, Wisconsin, what in the world are you doing, Uh, especially in the second half here, Um, and even towards the end of the first half? Why in the world they stopped feeding the ball to Jonathan Taylor? I have no idea. Uh, When this game started and I saw his first few carries and I saw the power he was running with and I saw the lack of us being able to get him down at the point of attack, And him getting these extra yards after contact, I thought we were in for a long day. Um, You know, this is after finding out Rashawn's not going to play. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. Either way, we're in for a long night if they keep feeding him the ball because he is a monster. I, you know, I had obviously seen him play before, but, you know, focusing in on on him playing against Michigan, kind of looking... Uh, more deeply and closely at it, man, he's a good running back. Uh, really, really talented kid, and I have no idea why they stopped giving him the ball. Um, he was getting almost six yards of carry. Uh, every run, it, it, like I said, it felt like he had a lot of yards after contact. Um, second half happens, they give him the ball six times. Mind-boggling why he wasn't used more. Um, you know, Even with that, only carrying the ball six times... Uh, he extended his 100-yard game streak uh to i believe i believe he's got 7 games in a row now he's rushed for 100 yards um i mentioned that because Karan kept his going as well uh he's out now up to 5 games in a row uh eclipsing the 100-yard mark so that's awesome but Wisconsin dude give Taylor the ball a little bit more you know don't stop feeding him especially when it's working that was just i could not get it you know i'll take it you know helped us in, you know in our favor but you know, that was just a wasted effort with that offensive line. And that offensive line is huge. Oh, my God. Um, but anyway, you know, given the ball, way, way underutilized him. And, you know, it obviously benefited us. You know, their loss. But moving on. Uh, fourth takeaway is we need to we need to stop the circus, okay? I don't know if I've mentioned this before in a previous podcast, but... We Here we are, we've got a terrific opening drive going, and all of a sudden we feel the need it, randomly to just throw Joe Milton in the game. Freshman, never played a snap all season, we decide, yeah, why not? We've got a solid thing going, we're moving the ball against Wisconsin, we've got some momentum going, let's throw a kid out there that's never seen the field yet. Huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, am I saying Joe Milton is not talented? Absolutely not. Uh, w- with everything I've heard, anyway, don't know for sure, but with everything I've heard, the kid has definitely ha- he has a tremendous amount of potential. We are not in the need of the circus right now. We don't need to trot him out there because what happens, uh, Wisconsin, like any normal uh, team would do, you're under the lights, it's a big stage, it's a true freshman who is randomly being inserted into the game. Chances are he's not going to throw the ball. He's got a little bit of a running attack to him. Um, although the way the broadcast was talking about him, they made it sound like he was only a running quarterback. And I, from what I hear, that's not the case. He's actually more of a passer. Um, but anyway, uh, I doubt that they if they are thinking he's going to throw the ball. And of course, he doesn't. Uh, takes the snap and some sort of blocking breaks down and we take a loss on the play Okay, what does that do? It stalls the drive. What do we do? We go miss the field goal. I? I don't understand. Okay. Um, I don't get it. You know later. We had McCaffrey and Shea in the game uh, and nothing comes Nothing comes from it at all. You know um, What I'm referring to is there we had a play out there where um who was it? It was uh, Shea took the snap. McCaffrey started lined up as a receiver, and then uh, one of them came in motion. Uh, quarterback took the snap, uh, <laughs> flipped it to the other guy. It just all sorts of chaos going on. We didn't need to do that. We didn't need to pull out the trick plays. We didn't have to have that. Just like we didn't have to trot Milton out there. Okay. Um, little little confused about those two plays when they are not needed, okay, they're not needed. Now, I wanna say all this with a disclaimer. I want to go back, if, if we're on November 24th, or actually November 25th, the day after, if it's November 25th, and these plays have somehow surfaced back in the game plan, and there's something behind them, and there's some sort of meaning behind them, when we take on the Ohio State Buckeyes, disregard this message. I'm glad you did it, okay? Put something out there on film. Get somebody worried as long as you use it, okay? Uh, So disregard this message if this is all just show for uh, that game uh, taking place at the end of the year. Um, Not sure if it is, but either way, disregard this message if it is, all right? Moving on. Uh, Fifth and final takeaway is, oh my God, it is amazing what a confident quarterback does to the psyche of a team. Uh this team is the basically the same exact players as last year, and yes they've grown a year and yes they've you know many of them have matured and gotten experience and I get all that but this is a night and day team just by the feel of what they are putting out every day. Um I love Shea at quarterback, not so much for the plays he's made, but just more for the confidence to be willing to make a play, all right? Seems like he plays with no fear, and he's not afraid to make a mistake. He is. He's making mistakes every now and then, but everybody's going to do that. That's not a big deal. As long as that kid goes out there and is willing to put it on the line, line him up every day. Line him up every play. Don't do the other stuff, okay? Love this kid at quarterback. Um, Really good to see him, by the way, bust off that 81-yard rush um, on that read option. Because on that play this whole year, it seems like every time he's giving the ball to the running back, it was good to see him pull it and take off for eighty-one. <laughs> so hopefully that uh, uh, you know will sort of make defenses think a little bit different because it kind of got to the point where maybe defenses weren't respecting you know the threat of him pulling and running as much uh, because he was constantly just giving the ball. All right, this time he yanks it, takes off down the sideline for eighty-one. Would have liked him to score, but, you know, didn't have the speed to pull it off. What are you going to do? All right. All in all, great game. Let's move on. Wisconsin game is over. Uh, Definitely something to hang our hat on, like I said, but let's go on. We've got to move on with the final five games this season, uh, and especially moving on with the next game this season. Okay. All right, let's get into our preview of Michigan State. You know, I almost felt like uh, not even not even doing any little bit of note-taking or research for this preview because, honestly, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's games like this where you kind of understand where the cliche, you know, throw the records out and throw the, you know, trends out and everything when it comes to a rivalry game like this because it really honestly does feel like that. Um doesn't matter how Michigan State's playing coming into the game. This is the Super Bowl to them, okay? Uh, as long as Mark D'Antonio is there, the game against Michigan will be the Super Bowl against—or <laughs> our, our for Michigan State, excuse me. Um, and because of that, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. Obviously, they take it very seriously. Um, I heard uh, there's two things that sort of speak to Mark D'Antonio's hatred of Michigan— um, and I heard both of these mentioned on the Michigan rant uh, with Nick Baumgartner. He was saying, um, first thing, and I, I sort of knew this already, but you know, hearing some of the details about it, that at the end of the year, when Michigan State goes to a bowl game and they get their bowl rings or championship rings, they always put the score to the Michigan game on the ring. Okay, that's insane. Okay, that is uh, that's next level hatred. All right, that, that that's that's pure hatred of an opponent um, like no other. Uh, that you're thinking of a rival that much, to the point that you're putting the score of a game that's not related to the purpose of that ring, on <laughs> um, that particular ring. That's that's that was amazing to me. Uh, and then the second thing is, Mark Dantonio, get this: in the last ten games against Michigan, he's ten and zero against the spread. Oh my God, nobody does that, okay? Uh, Nobody does that, okay? The reason uh, betting and Vegas continue to make money is because it's not an exact science, and here this man is basically making this game in exact science, okay? Not necessarily going to win every time, even though he's won most of those 10. Uh, The ones that he hasn't won still manage to cover the spread. That's amazing. Um, That shows... A, a total focus on one opponent uh, with the intention of ruining that opponent. And that's what we have going on right now. Okay, You can go and you can say, this is all Mike Hart's fault when he made that stupid little brother comment. Um, quite frankly, maybe it is. Uh, because I remember uh, him talking. I remember uh, D'Antonio talking after that. And that man, you know, talk about a, a typical get off my lawn guy. That's exactly what he looked like, and he looked a little pissed off, and he's still pissed off, and Jim Harbaugh probably doesn't make things any better, Uh, so you kind of don't know what to expect (laughs) with Michigan State, other than they're going to come to play, they're going to play hard, and they're going to play well, all right? Uh, It's really easy, you know, this game aside, it's kind of really easy for people to write off Sparty, uh, because number one, they, that, that... Lost the beginning of the year to Arizona State. You know, people wrote them off after that, and then they went and they lost at home to Northwestern. Who, I think it's time to start giving Northwestern a little more credit um, uh, with with some things that they're doing here recently. But either way, people started writing off Michigan State. Here we are, October 18th, as I'm recording this. Game will be on the 20th. Michigan State still controls their own destiny for winning the division. How weird is that? That I'm sorry, that just feels weird to me at this moment, where they went out, lost to the Sun Devils, have lost to Northwestern already. They got two losses. You're thinking they're not as strong. And here they are. They've got control of the division if they want it. Okay, now Michigan's in the same boat. Ohio State's still in the same boat. Um, Penn State no longer is in the same boat. However, Sparty is. And they control their own destiny to win the division, so they've got a lot to play for, obviously. Uh, rivalry aside. So that scares me. Uh, the other thing scares me. They're coming off a real confidence booster. It just went to Happy Valley and lost. Or excuse me, won a game that honestly they should have lost. Okay, um, you know they found a way to knock off Penn State at Penn State. That's not easy to do, especially when Penn State, to me, seemed like the better team. They just couldn't get it done on the times they needed to get it done. And maybe it's time, just like I said, it's time to you know maybe give Northwestern a little more credit than they're getting. Is it time to really start wondering about James Franklin? Um, you know, He's got talented players at Penn State, and he's winning with talented players. But you've got to start to wonder, some of the coaching things, uh, how good of a coach is this guy? I'm not sure. Could be great? Maybe he does really well. There's a lot of you know there's a lot of things I don't know behind the scenes that could be happening, but you might have to start questioning it at least, maybe I don't know a little bit. I don't know, we'll see. Uh, either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, Michigan State went to Penn State, probably felt they weren't going to win or didn't feel that way, but many didn't think they were going to win, and they came away with the W, so that's giving them confidence. Confidence for a college football team is amazing. Okay. and here they are with a lot of that confidence. I don't know. We'll see. Um, uh, another thing, again, is just that hatred uh, that that Sparty seems to have. You know, I've been to a few games at Michigan, and you know, when tailgating before games, the conversation always comes up. I always bring it up. You know, especially folks that have season tickets and go to all the games and tailgate and and see the experience. When other certain teams are in town. And when you think of Michigan, you think of two main rivals. Obviously, you got Michigan State, you got Ohio State. So that always comes up. I always ask them, dude, what is it like tailgating before a Michigan State game? What is it like tailgating before an Ohio State game? I have yet, yet, and I've had conversations with multiple people. We're in the tens, twenties, thirties of people, okay? I have yet to have a person tell me. That it is more intense, more hateful for an Ohio State tailgate than it is a Michigan State tailgate. They say by far, the Michigan State tailgates are the worst in terms of just a lot of people shouting at each other, a lot of people with issues against each other, a lot of people just having hatred for each other, and 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 it's the people wearing green and white that are coming with the hate. Um, you know whether they like it or not, it's it's mostly on them you know they have this complex about them uh when it comes to Michigan that's worked out well to have that for them you know uh <laughs> so we'll see how that goes um now those same people they say that they always that the Ohio State tailgates are quiet okay there's not there's not a lot of jovial uh interactions we'll say uh there's not a lot of hateful interactions but not exactly you know uh, lighting it up with the conversation uh, between fan bases. Well, we'll just leave it at that. Um, so quieter at Ohio State tailgate uh, there, you know, just because of the you know, yes, hey, I hate you. I want to beat you, but I'm not gonna not gonna shout in your face about it and do all that. Um, whereas Michigan State, they obviously don't care. They're gonna shout in your face about it that they hate you and they're gonna and they're gonna tell you about it. And, you know, something else on the Michigan ran I heard is that, you know, Nick was saying that uh, there's not many games other than this Michigan State game that that uh, Michigan gets made fun of, okay? You know, and he, and he mentioned some of the things about, uh, you know, obviously the, the drop punt, you know, that whole fiasco. Um, five turnovers last year, that fiasco. Uh, Let's see, the time we went to East Lansing and and put that dagger in the field. How embarrassing was that when you go out and get shellacked by the team? You're putting sticking daggers on the field. Nice job. Um, I don't know if he mentioned it, but there was the picture of the kid for so long. uh, The Surrender Cobra. Uh, That came from a Michigan fan uh, after that, you know, uh, gift six uh, punt return. Not punt, you know, block punt return. Blocked punt return uh... td nonsense that uh... happened that one year can't believe that happened by the way i just still think about that just amazing i i can i still visualize. just think of myself staring at the television as it was happening and i swear to god it was happening in slow motion and just unreal i i can't i can't oh my god i don't want to talk about it anymore anyway um... the one good thing that seems to be coming seems to be coming. I am not in Beckler Hall. I am not talking with these players. I'm not in on meetings. I'm not in the everyday life up in Ann Arbor. But something that seems different when you see coaches give answers and you hear coaches give answers and you see players give answers and you see, you know, um, you hear players give answers, something that seems different is that the coaches for this game are talking a little less? The players have some guarded answers. Um, the team seems to be at a different level. They remember last year. They want to erase. I think you know many of them have said that it was the it's their worst loss of their career. What happened last year? Um, you know, in that mess, in that driving rainstorm. And we're out there chucking the ball around like we're the Miami Dolphins of you know with Dan Marino um, and throwing the five picks and, and just turning the ball, fumbling the ball, doing all sorts of stuff. <sighs> Something that seems different this year is a lot of the boys remember that. And just like confidence is a good thing for college football players, motivation is an even better thing. And it appears that the motivation is there and there's this camaraderie, and there's this brotherhood between the guys that just seems like we're built to go on the road and win a big game. Okay, This is a big game. Don't care what Michigan State is ranked. Michigan State's hatred for us makes this a big game, makes this a tough game, makes it a difficult game. It is not going to be easy. So having players that can stick together, make it happen, that's all the better, and it feels like this team is doing it. Okay, um, the Northwestern game—what happened there, and what we did there, facing the adversity on the road there—almost seems like a bigger deal for the camaraderie of this team than the Wisconsin win does. You know, the Wisconsin win was just icing on the cake. You know, uh, and you know, um, reaping the rewards of a team playing really well. But what happened at Northwestern? I think is going to send this team in the right direction, you know, more than people are giving it credit for, uh, because it was Northwestern. Even though, like I said, we got to start giving Northwestern credit, you know, that's hard to do in college football to go down quick, 17 points. You're down 17 nothing, okay, and and you, hypothetically, a team should continue to pour it on. We didn't let it happen, turned the thing around, we righted the ship, changed some things, faced the adversity. Ended up winning the game despite some bad, terrible calls. Still got it done. Made it happen. That's huge for the mindset of a team. And I feel like our team has that. And that's what we need going to East Lansing. It's going to do nothing but help. So that's good. Um, Speaking of going to East Lansing, did a little weather check because of what happened last year. Again, it's in my head, so I know it's in other people's head. Uh, You know, we, we, we have that game last year and... There were points during the game; it was hard to see all 22 players on the field. It was raining so hard. Well, looked at the weather report for this weekend in East Lansing, and guess what? 80% chance of rain, 20 mile an hour winds. Awesome. So, weather, as they say, is the you know ultimate equalizer. Here we are in a big rivalry game again. We got to play Michigan State again. In the rain, in terrible weather, welcome to the Big Ten in October and November. Um, again, I mentioned already right, D'Antonio, 10-0 against the spread, absolutely. Um, and it's it's because of that, this recent success, this last decade's worth of success that Michigan State has had on Michigan, it's because of that, that as a fan, it just wears on you. And you really start to think that a team has your number. I mean, it really does. You know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think we're currently being owned by Michigan State and Ohio State for that matter. You know, they're in our heads. They are. It just, you you can't help but think that. You know, how do you lose so many times in a row to a team or lose so many times in a time period to a team where you can't feel like they own you uh, and they're in your heads? And that's what this feels like with Michigan State. So we got to exercise the demons and... I think we have the squad to do it, and I think we're we're going to be able to get it done. It's going to lead into my prediction. Uh, I'm predicting, you know, I said D'Antonio is 10-0 and recently against the spread. Not 10-0 and overall, even though most of those games were wins. So I'm going to kind of do the same thing here. The last spread I saw, it was about a touchdown game to Michigan. Michigan being favored by seven, seven and a half, something like that. I think Sparty covers that. But I think Michigan gets it done. I got Michigan 21, Sparty 17. Uh, I just think that the offense is too improved. There's too many things we've got going. There's too many wrinkles. There's too many things we can do. Our defense is too good. Uh, there's so many things we can do to stop them. Um, are they gonna pull? I've heard all week about trick plays. Are they gonna pull out some trick plays? Probably. You gotta think we're gonna be ready for them. All right. However, I think Michigan pulls it out, gets it done on the road in East Lansing, 21-17, to 17, and this new ride of Michigan football continues and we continue to head in the right direction. Man, I hope I'm right. We'll see. We'll see. So good luck this weekend Michigan against Michigan State to the fellas, um, and hopefully we can talk about uh, a win next week on next week's podcast. All right, my uh, my take of the show, um, and you know, content of the week. I had to go back. Uh, I had to go with this because as I was watching it, I just started having all these thoughts in my head about, you know, well, we just should do this or we should do that. What it was is, last weekend, you know, game day was at you know, it was in Ann Arbor, and they were talking before the game about the playoffs, the playoff system. And they had the conversation about, of course, the same teams being in the playoffs year after year. You know, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Clemsons. Uh, Because prior to last week's games, you know, Georgia getting knocked off, that's the four teams that everyone expected to be in the playoffs again. Same four teams. Again. Um, And so it became a conversation what are we going to do about this why does this keep happening what should be done you know um that's what the focus shifted to you know should the playoffs be expanded to allow a better variety of teams into the playoffs absolutely not okay sorry but those top teams shouldn't be penalized for being successful all right there is no way there's no world there's no earth where that is fair for a team because of their success or a few teams here, because of their success, they have to be penalized and now their hurdle has to get more difficult just because other teams can't catch up. That's a load of bull, okay? No, that's not how it should be. That is not why we should expand the playoffs, okay? How do you change the variety of those teams? You go and beat those teams. If you can't beat those teams, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. How about that, okay? Um... Sorry, Michigan cannot beat Ohio State here recently. So we don't deserve to be anywhere near the playoffs over them. Okay? Many teams in the SEC can't get over the Bama hump. Shouldn't be over there. Okay, I'm not sure if the ACC is ever going to get over the Clemson hump. You know, completely. Um, You got to go beat the teams. Don't expand the playoffs just because they're having success. No. Go beat them. All right? Beat them and you'll get into the playoffs. (laughs) How how difficult is that? All right? Here's the deal, though. Don't get my message twisted. I'm in favor of expanding the playoffs. But I'm not in favor of expanding it because we have the same teams. Okay? I want to expand it because I feel there's a flawed setup. All right? It makes no sense in the world to have five conferences that we consider the Power Five. We talk about it all year, about the Power Five. And then we go ahead and allow four teams into the playoffs. How does that make any sense, okay? Um, On top of that, there's a whole slew of teams in non-Power 5 conferences that basically don't have a shot at winning the national championship because of this flawed setup. I don't get it, okay? Now, you may say that's not a big deal because there really aren't a ton of teams that should be able to compete with the big dogs. And you may be right. But hey... We crown and celebrate a college basketball champion every year, year after year, based basically on who's playing hot at the moment. And that season is even longer than football, okay? Why not give a shot to UCF or Boise, all right? For crying out loud, in the Final Four in basketball, Loyola Marymount was in there, all right? Nobody expected that at the beginning of the year. All right. But here, they, there they were in the Final Four with a shot to win the national championship, okay? Why did they get a shot? Because they played their season. They did enough in their season uh, to rate themselves a spot in a tournament. They're a college basketball team with college athletes playing the same exact sport. Why not give them a shot at that, Okay. Not saying we should expand to 64 teams in football. No, that's ridiculous. But we may need to expand. So here's my proposal. Okay? My proposal for the playoffs would be bring back the BCS formula. Yeah, bring it back. Uh, bring the BCS formula back. Let the polls be the only human influence in deciding the playoffs. Okay, The polls were a, were a section of the BCS. They were a portion of the BCS. That was the only thing that was human-driven. Okay, bring that back. Okay, this is not to, you know, set up a one versus two. Uh, That's not the whole point of bringing the rankings back. The the whole point of the rankings is just to have an official ranking, not a coach's poll, not an AP poll, not a poll made up of 12 random people in a hotel lobby uh, at the end of the year. No, it's to have a consistent formula that only has a slight human element to it. Okay? So you bring back that formula. Alright? Let the polls be the only human influence. Alright. Play out the season, including conference championships. And from that, you have a final list of BCS rankings. Okay? You'll have them all lined up there, one toe, whatever it is, 130 now. You have them all lined up. Okay? And what you do is you go in, and like I said, the season has been played out. Okay, all the conference championship games have been played. And what you do is from that list, 1 to 130, you go and find the SEC champion. They're in the playoffs. You find the Big Ten champion. They're in the playoffs. You take out the Pac-12 champion. They're in the playoffs. The Big 12 champ. They're in the playoffs. And the ACC champ. They're in the playoffs. Okay, there it is. There's five teams. Can't run a playoff with five teams. So what do you do? Then you take the next highest ranked non-Power 5 team, okay? Or not the next one, I'm sorry. Take the, just the highest non-Power 5 team that's ranked, all right? Throw them in there, whoever it happens to be, a UCF, a Boise, whether they're ranked 12th, 16th, 21st, whatever, put them in there, give them a shot, okay? So now we're up to six teams. Then what you do is take, you, you, you've got all those champions and that, non, that uh, non-Power 5 team removed from the list of BCS rankings. Whatever the best three teams are left, or excuse me, the best two teams left, they're in the playoffs, okay? That gives you eight teams, all right? And then you can go back and there's your eight teams that are in the playoffs. Go ahead and seed them based on whatever their rankings were, okay? So it might happen that you have... Uh, for example, you know, say you have Alabama one um, you know a state two, Clemson three, and they win their conference champions. But then you have like an LSU at number four, okay Well, LSU would get in they didn 't win their conference, however, they're guaranteed to be one of the you know highest top or you know, highest two ranked teams still left that 's what I mean when you take these champions out, you should be left with a list of the other teams take the two best, and they get the last eight spots. Then you can see them. Even though LSU, in my scenario, ranked fourth, even though they were not a conference champion, even though they were one of the last two picked because they weren't a conference champ or a non-Power 5 champ um, or highest ranked non-Power 5 team, they still would get the four seed because according to the rankings, they were the fourth best team. Okay, Makes sense. Then that would give you four semifinal not four semifinal that will give you four quarterfinal games all right um and on the weekend of the usual army navy the heisman gala you know that same weekend where all that takes place go ahead and play those four games okay the one versus eight the two versus seven the three versus six and the four versus five and go ahead and let the better seated team host the game i don't care you know, give them uh, some incentive for finishing the top, you know, as one of the four best teams, according to these rankings. There's your incentive. Okay? You get to have a home game in those playoffs. Then you'll have four winners, and you can use those four winners. Uh, they then become the four entries into the current setup that we have. Okay? That whole New Year's Six setup. All the losers, that they can still go to bowls. You can still have the same rotation of bowls that serve as the semifinals. All that can still be in place but it expands the playoffs, gives a chance to a non-power 5 team and it includes, you know, a variety of teams and it changes it up. Expand the playoffs because of that. Okay, don't do it because the same teams are dominating everyone. Okay, again, they shouldn't be penalized. Somebody's got to go and beat them. All right. And eventually that will happen, folks. All right. It's not too long ago that many people thought that USC was never going to lose a game again. I mean, they were dominating. They were destroying teams. There was a time when people thought Miami would never lose a game again. When Florida State would never lose a game again, okay? We've had dominant teams before. All right, this isn't this isn't a first. It's only you know, it's only compounded because of this new playoff system and we've had four of these playoffs and a lot of it is the same teams. That's the only reason it's come to the forefront more, okay? Not a big deal. Go and beat the teams. That'll change it up. All right? Still want to expand the playoffs. So then I started thinking, and then I got a little excited, you know, get a little giddy when I'm I'm doing things like that. And, you know, I was starting to think about, you know, we have the, um, you know, we're including everyone, uh, providing an opportunity for everyone. Well, then I got more into it, and I thought of another format. Okay, another format for the playoffs I wouldn't have an issue with is if we scrapped all conference championship games. Okay, we no longer play them. They're no longer played, um, but instead went to 16 teams. Okay, now hear me out. All right, you're gonna get rid of the conference championship games. However, you go to 16 teams and you still let the two teams that would play in the conference championship in the playoffs. Okay? So for example, say this year the Big Ten championship is Ohio State and Iowa. That game would not be played, but Ohio State and Iowa would be in the playoffs. Okay? Make sense? Alright. So each Power Five Conference will still would still be able to have their two traditional conference championship contenders entered into the playoffs. Okay? Go ahead and still take a non-Power 5 team uh, and then take the six highest rated left in the BCS rankings. I still need the BCS rankings for this other format, okay? But now you've got six spots to take, okay? So the two conference championship uh, representatives, or I'm sorry, it would be five. Five, my bad. Um, Because you've got the two conference uh, contenders in the Power 5 conferences. So there's ten teams. You still take a non-Power 5 team, so there's 11 teams, and then you take the five highest-rated teams left in the BCS rankings. Do that. That'll be your 16-team field. Then, wherever they are in the rankings, you can use those as the seeding. Okay? You go ahead and play the rounds of 16 during the usual conference championship weekend. Okay, and I know people say, well, it's a money thing, but you cannot tell me There is no sane person in the world who would tell me, honestly, with a straight face, that a 16-team playoff game would not be able to raise an S-ton of money. Come on. Yes, it would. So all these sponsors of these conference championship games, go ahead and let them continue to sponsor these round of 16 games. Let them do that. Who cares? They're still going to get paid trust me okay people are going to pay top dollar for these matchups especially at the beginning and then people are going to see how successful how exciting it is and it's just going to make it even better it's a win-win situation for everybody okay so play the round of 16 during the usual conference championship weekend play the round of 8 the quarterfinals during that army navy weekend still keep the bowls etc that you know that everything i said before remains what my scenario would be as okay. soon as you break it down, you can still have the same bowl rotation for the uh, you know, quote-unquote playoffs to how they are now. You um, can still do all that. You can still finish the season at the same time. It just seems like a win for everybody. All right. It, it, there's a lot of money to be made, and I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. All right. Um, so then I went and took that, and I said, you know what, what if that was the case right now? what would that look like right now and luckily there's people out there that still calculate what the BCS rankings would be alright they're still out there crunching numbers and actually still putting it in and spitting out what the BCS rating is so I went ahead and located that BCS rating and went ahead and found uh, some teams and some and some uh, some matchups and what I found is that scenario I just uh, just spoke about? Um, now there would still be there's still a lot of games to be played, and a lot of this is going to change, and there's a lot of teams that would probably shift based on the fact that they're going to play each other, and they have other big games coming up. So this is definitely going to change. But if the season ended at this moment, and we took my scenario and my setup of my blast this last thing I just mentioned with the 16 team playoff. Here's what the matchups would be. Okay. Notre Dame against Virginia Tech. Believe it or not, in the BCS, Notre Dame would be ranked number one right now. How weird is that? Okay. So, anyway, Notre Dame would be one. They would play 16 Virginia Tech. So, one versus 16 matchup would be Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. Interestingly enough, they've already played this year. Number two, Clemson would take on number 15, Washington. Not a bad game right there. Uh, number three, Bama, would take on number 14, USC. Okay. Number four, LSU, would take on number 13, West Virginia. Not a bad game there. Number five, Ohio State, would take on number 12, Iowa, so we would still get that Big Ten championship game. Number six, Texas. Texas would be ranked number six in the BCS right now. Number six, Texas would take on number 11, Georgia. How about that? Not a bad game. Uh, Number seven, NC State would take on number 10, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And the final matchup, the eight-nine game, would be number eight Michigan hosting number nine Florida. Now, just looking at that, there are many talking points. There are you could say, "Oh my God, that's ridiculous!" It's not going to be that way. You're absolutely right. But all I'm doing is, if the season ended today, how fun would it be to think about all the different matchups that would happen, and how exciting would that be? And you know we. We're getting in a mode where, where teams are trying to start the season playing these big games and and big teams playing big teams. Why not end it that same way? And the playoffs is going to do that. It's going to create these cross-conference matchups that are going to be so fun. There's a lot of money to be made. It's a win-win for everybody. Why not do it? I don't know. Just saying. Um, there's many talking points. And you know what? This is fun. It's just fun to, to plug these things in and see how teams shift and how the rankings move and things like that. It's just fun. And you can't tell me that that 16-team setup that I just laid out for you doesn't include teams that aren't deserving of a shot at it. Okay, We're not throwing in you know teams that, are, that aren't worth anything. There's a lot of heavyweight teams in there. There's big-name teams in there. And if the elite that we continue to see year after year truly are elite, they're going to still make it to that Final Four. So go do it, all right? Um, So I'm in favor. Let's expand the playoffs, but please don't do it because we have the same teams. That is such a cop-out. That is so unfair to those teams. You know, uh, why would you want to be successful (laughs) if all it's going to do is penalize you? i take that back. I would want to be successful. I'd take the penalty. But it's still not fair. Don't do it. Expand the playoffs, but let's do it because we're giving more teams opportunities from around the country. I like that a little bit better. Anyway, um, let's finish it off with uh, going around the Big Ten, um, picking games uh, that are Big Ten versus Big Ten each week. Uh, Went 6-1 last week. Six and one, not a bad little uh, little uh, ranking there. Um, it went well. The only loss I had was I, I put too much faith in, in James Franklin and Penn State and thought they'd beat Michigan State. And, of course, they didn't. Couldn't hold on. Couldn't get it done. So that was my one loss. Uh, puts me at 18 and three all year. 18 and three, not bad. Now, again, I've said it last week and, and the week before that, little bit of a disclaimer in that 18-3 record that's me just picking games straight up okay and let's face it there's been a lot of games in the Big Ten that are pretty darn easy to pick straight up so starting this week we're gonna bring in the spread for all these games alright so my Michigan pick I've got Michigan winning but I do have Michigan State covering the spread so we'll see how that turns out um, going around a little note before we move on. Kind of starting to feel bad for Scott Frost. You know, I don't like the guy. Didn't like his attitude coming in, but I can't help but feel but feel sorry for him. Um, how they lost that game to Northwestern, I'll have no idea. I thought for sure they were going to get it done. And what a big win that would have been on the road against a team in your division that is going to be a contender. You would think. Um, oh man. Oh, but oh well moving on anyway uh this week we've got illinois at wisconsin and as of the moment that i saw i saw wisconsin is a 25 point favorite i'm going wisconsin okay i think wisconsin's going to cover that um i'm seeing something like a uh uh 40 to i don't know 10 40 to 13 sort of game um not sure what to make of Illinois. Like I, I felt like Illinois is better than people are saying they are. But then you see them play for a little bit, and you're like, "No, nah, this is just the same Illinois." I gotta think at Wisconsin. You know, the Badgers gotta be a little bit ticked off what happened against Michigan. I think they want to put it on someone else, and I think this is their their moment to do that. I got Wisconsin covering uh, 25 points against Illinois. Um, Maryland at Iowa, I've said it many, many times, Iowa City is the place where Big Ten dreams go to die. However, Iowa is also the place where Iowans fall asleep, and I think this is one of those games where Iowans fall asleep, it's a noon kickoff, or actually probably an 11 a.m. kickoff for them, not sure what the time difference is there, or the time zone. It's early game, Iowa City's not as threatening early. It's more when it's nighttime and they start bringing breaking out the uh, the all black unis and and uh, you know things like that. I think Maryland's covering. You know, not sure if they're gonna win, not sure if they're gonna pull off the upset, but I kind of have faith in the uh, eastern uh, side here the uh, East Division, unless your name's Rutgers. And I think Maryland's gonna go there and and give a good showing and cover nine points against Iowa I really do, I think they're going to get it done Uh, Northwestern at Rutgers, I don't even care what I looked it up, but honestly I'm taking Northwestern until Rutgers does anything remotely uh, resembling a football team, a football game anything football uh, I'm never going to pick Rutgers, so I'm going to go with Northwestern turns out the point spread I saw was 25 I'll take Northwestern (laughs) You know, having to cover 25 points. I'm fine with that. We'll go Northwestern. Two passes. Rutgers completed two passes last week against Maryland. Two. Not in a quarter, not in a drive. Two passes the entire game. That's ridiculous. Wake up. Next one. Uh, Minnesota at Nebraska. I mentioned my poor Scott Frost, my sentiments towards him. I really think like, you know... This is it. I think th- I think they're gonna finally cross the hurt. they're gonna they're gonna get over the hump, you know. Uh, Minnesota strong showing last week against Ohio State. Um, however, I think they has got a little bit of a lit down after that. Maybe they're sort of feeling bad about it. Uh, let's not rem- or not forget. Minnesota got thumped by Maryland um, prior to that Ohio State game. Uh, they go to Ohio State, put up a heck of a fight. Can't get it done. They lose. Probably losing a little bit of confidence after that. Probably not feeling as good about themselves. Probably not going to get up for the game as much. Nebraska's struggling. However, it's in Lincoln. I think their time is now. Nebraska's time to get it done is now. It's three and a half to Nebraska. Nebraska's favored three and a half. I'm going to take Nebraska. Go out and get it done, Cornhuskers. Nebraska going to cover the three and a half points that they are favored. Uh, Penn State going to Indiana. Indiana's uh, plus 15. I'm going to take Indiana. Okay. Uh, James Franklin, not sure what he's thinking. Not sure what he's going to be thinking in this game. I'm going to take Indiana plus 15. And then the final game, kind of the marquee game, other than the Michigan-Michigan State, to me anyway, you got the Buckeyes. The old Buckeyes traveling to Purdue little night game at Purdue. little ABC night game at Purdue. The old ABC night games at Purdue haven't been around since the days of Drew Brees. And here we are. They've got it their way. Jeff Brom has got things rolling. He's got got an offense that can be a little bit tricky. A little bit tough to figure out. Ohio State showing last week against Minnesota was a little bit troubling. Not sure what they're doing here. Um, this is their time to see what they're doing. Okay, I'm gonna take Purdue. Purdue is plus thirteen and a half. Not necessarily th- saying Purdue is gonna pull the upset off, but I think this is gonna be a closest, uh, you know, a close one. Uh, as Lee Corso would say, closer than the experts think. I'm gonna take Purdue in the plus thirteen and a half. Okay um not going to have as good a record probably as I usually do with these picks cuz we're going against the spread and that's why Vegas is successful uh because it's really impossible to predict what can sometimes be unpredictable and that's what we're really doing here so anyway that's my thoughts there on that uh real quick just touching on my current my playoffs right now the way it stands uh a lot to be done a lot can change but my playoffs would currently be Bama taking the one seed, Ohio State taking the two seed, Clemson taking the three seed, Georgia has been removed, and I'm sliding in the old fighting Irish of Notre Dame as the four seed. Um, still, a lot of teams can get in there, a lot of teams still control their own destiny. You know, the LSUs, Georgia's, um, anybody in the Big 12. Uh, named Oklahoma and West Virginia, things like that. Michigan, Michigan State for crying out loud. Um, although the two losses are really gonna hurt them. I don't know. Lots gonna change, but as of this moment, that's my my uh, four playoff teams. Bama taking on Notre Dame, Ohio State taking on Clemson. See how that unfolds as the season goes on. All right. Uh, And that's going to do it. We're going to wrap it up here in this episode, episode nine of the Michigan Realist. Uh, Again, big one this week, going to Sparty. Uh, Hopefully the fellows play well, can get it done. This could be another statement game, you know, but what's the statement going to be? Is it going to be in a positive way or a negative way? We'll have to wait and see. Um, I've got a lot of confidence in what the fellows are doing. Hopefully that's going to be on display. Hopefully the weather isn't too much of a factor. Uh, hopefully we don't turn the ball over. Uh, we play to our potential. If those things happen, I got Michigan winning. Okay, um, And I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, whether it's a close one, whether it's a, a lopsided one, I'm not sure. However, I got Michigan winning 21-17. Good luck to the fellas uh good luck out there enjoy this weekend's games enjoy this weekend's uh slate of action uh not a whole lot of going on around the uh, nation in terms of big games but there are some there are some sneaky good games out there and uh, it's going to be fun to see them uh the NC State Clemson game caught my eye uh Mississippi State LSU caught the eye so there's there's a couple ones here and there um you know enjoy the action that Ohio State Purdue game looking forward to that one could be a little tricky Got to watch out. The old Buckeye's going to be on upset alert out there in West Lafayette. Thinking about you. You know who. Anyway, uh, that's it. Going to wrap it up. Enjoy this week. And go blue.